Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you this afternoon, this evening, I guess it might be, uh, Monday. I hope you've had a good day. I hope you've had a good start to your week. Uh, want to share a little message with you that I put together a while back that um, just feels like it's where it ought to be today. So we're going to go through this. I titled this, Ever Feel Alone and Abandoned? I mean, a lot of us have been there, I think. A lot of us are there from time to time, feeling alone and abandoned. The The gist of that is, is we'll never truly be alone, not not if we're a follower of Christ. We always have him with us. He, he basically says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So he's always with us. But I want to share with you a message tonight called, Ever Feel Alone and Abandoned? Beth Moore said this, Sometimes a storm in your life is what will blow you to the place you are longing to be. Ooh, that's actually a pretty powerful word because oftentimes we look at storms in our life as bad things. But many times a storm in our life may adjust our direction, may adjust our landing, our destination, if you will, and it may wind up being the place where we've always wanted to be. But it took a storm to get us there. Hope that makes sense for somebody. It's hard to imagine that Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, went through spiritual difficulties. He did. There were two specific times in his life where he was pushed beyond anything that our human minds can fathom. The first was the temptation of Jesus. Jesus spent the first 30 years of his life as kind of a normal guy. He was a carpenter's son. Uh, Before he began his three-and-a-half-year public ministry, uh, 30 years old when he actually began his ministry for about three and a half years, before he healed anyone or brought someone back to life, he was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. You remember the story. Luke chapter 4 verse 1 tells us that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit when he left the Jordan River. So when he was baptized, remember that the, the imagery in the Bible depicts that a dove came and landed on his shoulder and a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit, in the form of a dove, came and landed on him. So he left the river in, in full of the Holy Spirit. And the next sentence says, the Spirit led him into the desert. Now, we've been studying the Holy Spirit quite a bit on Wednesday nights. Uh, jump in on those. So there's a lot of material there. Um, not real deep. We've just been kind of touching the simplicities of what the Holy Spirit is to us and for us and who the Holy Spirit is in us. But it, it says in Luke 4.1, that Jesus was was full of the Holy Spirit when he left the Jordan River. And the next sentence actually says, the Spirit led him into the desert. What an astounding thought. Knowing that we know about Satan tempting Jesus, it's hard for our humanity to grasp that God's Holy Spirit led Jesus into that place. Jesus spent 40 days in the desert, and he didn't consume food or drink during that time. The devil was with Jesus, pummeling him with doubts and attacks and questions. He offered the Savior of the world opportunities to forgo any future hardship, but Jesus didn't bite. While his physical frame was weak, his spirit was tenacious. The truth from the scriptures is what he used as a weapon to counterattack his spiritual enemy. Luke 4, 1 through 13 tells the story. I want you to note that Satan used scripture to tempt Jesus. He was simply out of context. But Jesus, in turn, used Scripture correctly to counter the attack. Check out the very end of the passage where it records, When the devil would, had finished every temptation, he temporarily left him until a more opportune time. See, our enemy will not give up. When, when we defeat him in one place, he'll look for another way in. 
He's like a rodent. He's like a rat, like a mouse. Always looking for a small crack or crevice in our defense, and he's going to come at us again. The second specific time Jesus was pushed beyond human comprehension, the crucifixion. Shortly before Jesus took his last breath on the cross, he cried out this, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's Matthew 27, verses 46. God separated himself from his perfect son because the past, present, and future sins of the world were heaped upon Jesus on the cross. The Bible says that God cannot look upon sin, and because of this, his intense wrath had to tackle that magnitude of the sin of the world. He did it, at, he did it once and for all by forsaking his only son. Now, this would be the only time in all of eternity that God would turn his back on anyone. I want you to keep that in mind. The only time that God would ever turn his back on anyone was that moment when Jesus took on the sins of the world. When his own son, he sent here on this purpose, for this purpose, took on the sin of the world. And the Bible says that God can't look upon sin, so he turned away from his son. Doesn't that bring you a sense of relief? Because such an extreme action that left our Savior begging for God's presence will never experience that loneliness. We never have to experience ever having God turn his back on us because of that one moment. What a sense of relief. Even though you may feel far from God and feel like he's left you alone, you're not alone. And you'll never be alone. If you are a follower of Christ, and there's a big if there, if you are a surrendered follower of Christ, he is always with you. His holy presence lives inside of you. You are the, the temple of the Holy Ghost. When the difficult times and, and moments smother us and the hard days ambush us, we stand on this truth. Know this, God has never left you, never will leave you, and is indeed closer than your breath. Whew, that's, that's awesome. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says this, He made Christ who knew no sin to judicially be sin on our behalf, so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious loving kindness. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. What an, what an incredible, powerful scripture. He, he made his own son who knew no sin, was sinless, to become sin on our behalf and, and be crucified on our behalf so that, that in him he would become our righteousness. It would be made acceptable to God and placed in a right relationship with God only because of his gracious, loving kindness. Ponder this fact, and the fact that every sin of yours, past, present, and future, was placed upon Jesus so you could experience salvation and never fear being forsaken by God. Now really think about this. Have you ever either maybe wrote or spoke out your gratitude for God's love? Have you ever really maybe either either written it down or, or really spoken out how much you love God and how thankful you are to Him for how much He loved you? Even in our pain and spiritual drought, we should always thank him. Even when he feels far from us, that thankfulness should never leave us. Why? Because of what he did for us, what he gave for us, because he loved us so much. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16 says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human, in every aspect as we are, 
yet without committing any sin. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, that is, the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear, so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find His amazing grace to help in time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. That's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 through 16, the Amplified Version. Jesus was our, we don't, have to, we don't have to deal with someone who doesn't understand our pain, who doesn't understand our struggle, who hasn't walked through the things that we're walking through. Oh, I know, we, we like to argue that, yeah, but it was a different time. Yes, it was a different time. So that means that the things that Jesus walked through were equivalent to the things that we walk through today because they were of his time. Now we're walking through things of our time. It doesn't change the fact of what he did and the fact that he faced every temptation that we'll ever face. He's faced every struggle. He's faced every challenge. Look throughout the word. Get in God's word and study out what Jesus overcame just like we have to. And he instructs us. To lean on him, not on us, not on our own understanding, but lean on his understanding and, and give him the, the ability and the, and, the, and the access to our life to give us the strength that we need to overcome the things that we must overcome, to stand firm in those battles ahead of us. Everything we must do, all these trials, all these temptations, all of the things that we fight and, and travail against are to build our character. We can't fail. We mustn't fail. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. Otherwise, we're going to sink, and we're going to find ourselves in a bad spot. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. No matter how alone you may feel, know that his presence is right there. All you have to do is turn to him. Oftentimes, we find ourselves in these difficult places, and instead of turning to him, we try to sort it all out on our own. We try to handle things on our own. And then in the last resort, we come to, come to the Lord. Why do we wait to the last resort? Why don't we make it our first one? How about we step that that step first and let God walk with us through whatever fire we may walk through, whatever whatever deep water we may have to tread. He's there with us always. All we have to do is surrender to him, reach out to him, live according to his word. It's an if you will, I will. The whole Bible, God's whole premise is if you'll do what I've asked of you, I'll do what I promised you. Whoo, that's huge. Do you get that? If you will do these things that God has asked of us, he will always fulfill his promise to us. That's monstrous. God bless you guys. I I pray that, that God is moving in you. I pray that if you do feel alone tonight, that you'll reach out to him, that you'll know that you're not alone, that you'll feel his presence like you've never felt before. I pray that God would surround you with his peace and with his comfort right now. If, if you're needing a healing touch in your body, I pray that God's healing water flow over you tonight. I could use a healing touch. I have, I have some difficulties going on physically in my body. I, I need my knees to be healed. Uh, it's a, it's a fight. I know that many of you are fighting physical difficulties. Maybe you're fighting a mental challenge out there. Maybe you're fighting an emotional challenge. Whatever it may be, I pray that God's healing water flows around you and over you and through you tonight, that that you will not be the same again, that God's touch will be upon you, that his peace will surround you, that you'll have restful sleep when you lay your head down tonight. Peace, knowing that his presence is right there with you always. You're never alone. Amen. God bless you guys so much. Ron and I are praying for you. Thank you for journeying with us in this walk. Uh, thank you for following along on our on our podcast and our broadcast and our ministry. Thank you for your financial support. We're so grateful for all 
that, that we receive from, from many of you. If you want to support us financially, all of our giving links are right on our webpage, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. That's living without the G, pretty easy to find. They're also posted right to the top of our Facebook page and our story. God bless you guys. We know that he will bless you if you're obedient to him. Always, always be obedient to the Lord. Amen. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you again real soon.